Hi, welcome back to Nerd Shit. I'm your host, Isaiah Amir, and I must say it's great to finally be back talking with you for the spring semester. Now, skipping all the formalities, I just really want to get right into it because I've been waiting to speak on this for months. I managed to get a PS5 over break, and I just want to talk to you all about it. Now, how did I how did I manage to get one? Well, for a strategy, I found that I found to found this Twitter account, right? It's called PS5 Stock Alerts. It has basically any type of way to get it. Like it has all the stores. It has the PlayStation online store, Best Buy, Target, basically anywhere that sells it, it has it. And an alert will come up if you turn on notifications on Twitter, and you can just find the store that sells it and just instantly be first in line to get it. Otherwise, if you try to do it on your own, once you find a store that sells it, they're basically already gone like that, right? Now, one thing you should know before you buy is that you're gonna need a 4K monitor at least in order to get the full potential of the quality of the PS5 because you, you can plug the console into any old TV, but it's not gonna make it look any better because like, if you have a really old TV, like, like my old one, it was uh, 1080, the most you can see is 1080p. So that's something really important to know. Personally, I, I suggest getting a monitor instead because it's much cheaper and I like to focus my eyes more. I got a 28 inch monitor, so I just put it on my desk. It's a, you can find a few for about, on Amazon, about, um, between 200 to 300 dollars. I think that's a pretty decent price. Now what I find really interesting is that despite the PS5 being 500 dollars, it's about as powerful as a 1200 dollar computer if you take all the parts out and equate them to their PC counterparts. And add that with the years you'll be using it, this is definitely a quality purchase. Now getting into the deep stuff with the hardware. I'd say that the most interesting and just best part of the console would have to be the controller. They did, like, Sony did such a, like, impressive job with the new vibration technology in the new controller. So you turn on the console, beautiful new UI, and you, it starts with this Pretty cool little free game. It's about four hours long. Uh, it's basically PlayStation Mario. You play as a little robot traveling through four different areas, and wow, you would think it would only be just a little gimmick, but no, the controller really just makes it so much fun. There's like different types of vibration with each different action, like. There's this one on, there's this level on a beach, and there's a sandstorm, and when I run into it, I could feel, like, the resistance, and there was sound playing through the controller of sand, like, blasting through the wind. And there was another one with ice, like, when you ran, you could feel, like, the little, little footsteps every time you walked on the ice. So many more different feelings that I can't really explain in, in words. You just have to use it to believe it. Onto the console, 
Now, there is that, you remember that huge meme with the PS5 looking like a big router and how huge it is? No, they were not kidding. This thing is really huge. But it is fairly thin and like and tall, I mean. So I put it on my desk and it doesn't really take up that much space with how wide it is. But this thing is beefy. Clear out a little bit of space before you install it. And you should definitely use the, little stir the circular sand that comes with it because if you just stand it up on its own, then that'll leave like a huge danger with just, you know, dropping the thing and it falls over and, you know, something, some serious damage happens. So just be careful of that. Now, currently, there's not a lot of games that can utilize the controller. I got, um, I played Miles Morales over break and that was definitely a, a first you should buy. Because you can't go wrong on a Spider-Man game. You'll get about uh, eight to ten hours of with a great story. It was just so fun, uh, just swinging around New York City with the new controller. Because with the adaptive triggers, you could feel the resistance every time you pull it back. And with the new graphics, we're like we're really reaching that point where video game characters are like look just as real just like in real life like i couldn't even tell a difference between the cutscenes and the actual gameplay that's how well put together visually this game was the console also has this new ssd which it's essentially the hard drive that holds all the storage and it helps things load in much more quicker see one one gripe a lot of people have about open world games is that when you want to get to somewhere really far away you usually fast travel there which takes a loading screen that takes usually a really long time like up to a minute no like for this game i think it took up like about five seconds to load everything in and then i used it in back in Ghost of Tsushima, and I got the same results, whereas usually it would take about, about like a minute to load into a new place. So if you hate loading screens like I do, this is definitely a massive improvement. Now onto the weaknesses of the PlayStation. It kind of starts with the SSD. The main problem is that it's only 825 gigabytes and only about like just over 600 of them can be downloaded as apps and games. So if you like really graphics heavy games like God of War, Spider-Man, or Ghost of Tsushima, then at some point you're gonna have to pick and choose which games to keep and which to uninstall or reinstall later. And to be honest, this isn't all Sony's fault. I think like, some games just shouldn't be as huge as they are, like the two latest Call of Duties, like with um, Modern Warfare and Black Ops Cold War. They can be between, if you want to download the whole game, they can be between like 150 to over 200 gigs, and that's pretty ridiculous for one game. Like, there should be a, there, there really should be a way for 
game developers to lower the size of their games, or at the very least let people pick and choose what parts of games that they want. Like, if you get um, Modern Warfare, you have to have Warzone on the game, which is just where all, which is where most of the mass comes from. So if you're like me and you just like to play multiplayer and barely ever play Warzone, it's really just a waste of 100 gigabytes that could be used on something else. But I haven't had a lot of problems with the, the small storage size, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Now back to the size of the console, one of the biggest problems with the PS4 was that the fans would be really loud and the console would get like insanely hot and the fans would sound like a jet engine because they kept getting blocked up. Now with the 5 being bigger, I don't think I ever really, I never had a moment where I thought like the fans were being really loud, like I barely even heard them throughout playing at all. So that's another massive improvement. So overall, I definitely recommend this to anyone who even plays games recreationally, even if you don't even really take them that seriously, I think this is definitely worth the purchase if you have the money and ability to buy it. So now I've talked about something that was really good over break, I want to talk about something that's not so good over break. Wonder Woman 84. Now I know people give DC a lot of shit for their movies, some deservedly so, but with Wonder Woman, I felt like they had something that was really going for them. Like they finally had some momentum to take on the MCU. And this movie kinda just derails all of that. This movie is two hours and 30 minutes long and basically nothing happens for the first hour. I don't know why. I don't know what the director was thinking with this idea. Starts out with, um. This young Diana in this uh, cool Olympic thing where she's in a horse race and it's pretty cool but it's like 10 minutes long and it drags it really drags on for way too long and it tries to teach this lesson that like cheating is bad it's pretty simple now for the actual plot talk about a huge a huge downgrade in stakes it's like Wonder Woman, the first movie, was about fighting in, in World War I with the fate of the world at stake. Our villain is a Donald Trump caricature for some reason, using a, a wish-granting rock to rule the world. Now, flash forward to 1984, we get this scene of just, um, you know, 80s California. I really like the vibe they tried to give like there was an effort of you know cheesy 80s superhero shows but it kind of just comes off as corny at points like with the next scene we're in a thrift shop in a mall and there's these robbers who somehow know about this um secret jewel ring that's in the back room it doesn't really make sense but whatever so Wonder Woman comes in to stop them in probably this is probably like the goofiest thing I've ever seen in a superhero movie because it, it really takes like it's like a five minute 
fight scene that feels like it lasts 20 minutes. Like, I don't know why they had like this demigod, you know, fooling around with these um goofy ass dudes who pose literally no threat to her. There's another reason why this movie is way too long. Like, I feel like if there's no genuine reason why a movie should be two and a half hours long, then it just simply shouldn't be that long. So anyway, she captures them and the police find this rock, right? But it's like a special rock. So she grabs it and it seems like nothing happens. But later that night, she goes to this party and this random guy comes up to her and acts like they've known each other for like years and they love each other. And she's like, who are you? But as it turns out, like this guy is Chris Pine's character from the first movie. And it turns out that, that she granted a wish that allowed him to come back to life. But he's like possessing this guy's body. So they just steal it and like they're just totally okay with that for like 80% of the movie for some reason. But again, a lot of things in this movie happen for absolutely no reason other than the movie really needed it to happen. Now to our villain of the story, I forgot his name, but he's played by Pedro Pascal and he's definitely like the only good thing about the movie. Not the character, but his performance. So he's basically this failing oil salesman whose, whose business is just totally like on the brink of being destroyed, but he steals away the rock and he makes a wish to become the wish-granting stone. So he goes around the world, like granting people's wishes while also taking away something of theirs. So he just becomes this like all-powerful God. I'm not joking or exaggerating, by the way. Like this is all literally what happens in the movie. Now for the action scenes, now, you would think that because this is a much more dialogue and story-oriented movie that the, the action scenes would be a lot better since there's much fewer of them. No, they are not. The CG is horrible, like most other DC movies. Like, there's this really emotional scene with Wonder Woman where she, like, gets the courage to fight she starts running right and it's it was like it really took away all the emotion from the dialogue because the running was just so ridiculous it, it's like it's like um it's in slow like the mo the arm motions were in slow-mo but it looks like she's covering a lot of ground when with each step so it just looks like one of those stupid um you know how in a really old movie, like with a car, like there wouldn't actually be a car, it would just be like the front and with the green screen and like the car would stay in place while the green screen would move? Yeah, it, lo it looks like that. But almost somehow just as goofy. And then with the final fight scene, it like conveniently, it's all in the dark to distract how bad the actual CG is where Wonder Woman is fighting Cheetah who looks who literally looks like one of those like hellspawn creatures from the Cats movie. So yeah, I'm not going to spoil too much. 
but it really is disappointing because I actually had high hopes for this movie. But like every like it seems like every time I get excited for one of these movies, it just like it just doesn't work. Cause I feel like one thing DC does differently is that it takes its movies like way too seriously. Then when you actually analyze like how much goofy stuff happens within the actual story. Like, it just takes away any of any amount of that serious tone they love to use. And when you compare it to the MCU, when you have movies like Ant-Man, which is, and Thor Ragnarok, which is, like, basically comedies that everybody loves, where they're, you know, really meant to be funny, but their serious themes and moments never really come off as cringy or forced. And I like how I'm saying this with the Justice League Snyder Cut coming out in two days that I've been also really excited for. And if you know anything about Zack Snyder and his movies, it's that he loves, he just loves, you know, dark, just dark themes. If you've seen Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman, I'm not gonna make any bold predictions, but this shit better be good because this might be like the most hyped up movie in the superhero genre besides, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. Cause like, everyone on social media is just saying like, just wait for the Snyder Cut, it's gonna turn this movie into an absolute masterpiece and cure all diseases and solve world hunger. Even though if you look at his old movies with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, are no, they're very known to be some of the worst in the superhero genre. But I don't really have any huge expectations. I just really want a, a good Justice League movie. Because, you know, everyone makes fun of that movie, but I think it's really good when you're not actually paying attention. It's just one of those movies where, like, when you're doing chores or homework, and you really just need some background noise to like drown out the silence. Yeah, this is the this is just one of those movies. But one thing I know about the Snyder Cut is that it comes in at a whopping four hours and two minutes. So yeah. Let's all just pray it's not a massive waste of time. So that's about it for today. Just really wanted to get back and the groove with this show. Hopefully we can get Ben back soon. And I promise the upload schedule will be much better and not just once every three months, I promise. So yeah, see you next time and stay safe.